Welcome back to Ultiverse Q, your guide to the ultimate universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... The return of the Ultimates and some of their individual characters. Ultimate Thor. Ultimate Captain America. And the new Ultimates. Yes, specifically we are talking about Ultimate Comics, Captain America number one through four, Ultimate Comics, New Ultimates numbers one through five, and Ultimate Comics Thor numbers one through four. Said Luke quickly adding that on. Uh, yeah. So Maybe yeah. by some big writers this week. Yeah, uh, some who this is their first foray, and some who this shouldn't have even been their last foray into it. I don't even think it's going to be the end of Loeb, but, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Up first is Ultimate Comics, Captain America number 1 through 4, written by Jason Aaron, with art by Ron Garney, colors by Jason Keith, and with fill-ins, or assists by... with Assists by Jim Terralampadis and Matt Mila, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And, uh, it's an interesting one. I feel like this is sort of a better execution on the, oh, Captain America, your secret son you didn't know about is Red Skull. Yes, very uh, much so. Yeah. The premise is Captain America finds out that there was a Captain America made during the Vietnam War, and he is working to give his super soldier serum blood to everybody who America has pretty much fucked over in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy, Frank Simpson, which is the name of 616 Nuke, uh, Captain America, in a... Actually, great scene. After he beats up the shit out of Captain America, Captain America wakes up in a hospital, and Carol Danvers is like, hey, don't go after him. We know where he might be, and we have your stuff here, and Captain America's just like, okay, how how badly do I need to punch you in the face so I can get out of here? Yeah. Pretty convincing. And then she says, too convincing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a nice moment. Like, I wasn't expecting this to be enjoyable as it is uh partially because i thought it was mark millar writing it oh no because i remember liking it i well actually uh, but i also like mark millar but i recall i recall this being like the big turning point for like when it's like all the new writers i didn't remember this at all but uh he tracks down Frank Simpson to a village in Saloth in Cambodia where Frank Simpson is given everybody in the village uh, super soldier powers. He has killed everybody who has come after him and fed them to a pig. And when he captures Captain America, he wants Captain America to realize that America has done some really fucked up shit, which is reasonable. And he mm -hmm. wants Captain America to admit that uh, his jingoistic patriotism is a bad thing, and mixes sits cap up. down as he's tied up and says, first lesson, I'm going to talk to you about Richard Milhouse Nixon. <laughs> the worst man in history. <laughs> uh, did you see the tweet that I made yesterday? Oh, I did not. 
Is it about Richard Thrillhouse Nixon? I did consider uh, <laughs> editing it. I, I posted it in the Oh, Discord. nice. Let's look at that Discord. Nice. Yes. It, it, it's the scene, <laughs> but uh, Frank is saying it's the dreaded Laramie instead. Y'all remember uh, the dreaded Laramie from everyone's favorite BuzzFeed quiz? Or I mean, not BuzzFeed, Clickhole, click hole, rather. Yeah. Clickhole's back, baby. Apparently there's a band that's also called the Dreaded Laramie now. That makes sense. To be fair, that is like one of the greatest quizzes mm-hmm. I have Which ever my... taken and will probably ever take. <laughs> Which of my garbage sons are you? Uh, so yeah, for a few weeks... Uh, Frank is torturing Captain America, trying to break him. Some shield agent, some shield agents show up, and Frank kills one, tortures the other until he admits that, oh yeah, once we free Captain America, we're going to kill everybody. And Frank is also dealing with Captain America not changing his mind because yeah. I don't think Frank has ever actually been online. It is nigh impossible to. Force a ultra conservative person to change their views. Hundred percent. I also thought it was funny that he couldn't recognize that he kept like questioning the shield agents, like what branch of government from they were from, even though they have their big ass shield patch logos on their sh- shoulders. Yeah. Uh. So Frank is like, "All right. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to kill you now." So Captain America starts praying. To God for America, and Frank's like, okay, I'll let you, like, finish praying to God. God isn't going to do anything, and then you can die. Or recant. And while he's there, alone in the cell, a cobra appears. Captain America bites out the venom sack, and then when Frank comes back in, he spits it into Frank's face. And is able to use that to overpower him. And Captain America's like, hey, you don't think that... I didn't, or you think I didn't know that all the shitty stuff America has done? Well, all of it is worth it. We don't have to apologize for anything, you asshole. Whoop, whoop. And punches him out. S.H.I.E.L.D. arrives. Captain America kills Frank's pig and returns to New York City. And he's watching old boxing matches with Hawkeye. And Hawkeye's like, hey, you know that God normally doesn't send snakes? That's more a Satan's deal. And Captain America's like, oh, well, you know what I'm going to do? Frank is now stuck in a hospital. Can't move. I'm going to read him the Bible. It's weird considering Jason Aaron's views on religion. Mm-hmm. And also, there's that whole meme that's been going around where it's like the movie villain versus the actual villain uh, where it's like, oh, this is the guy who actually made things worse, and usually it's a protagonist. And here, I think, Frank makes a lot of really good points. I mean, most of his criticism was military actions, but, I mean, you bring in, like, the FBI working with, uh, working to kill Martin Luther King Jr. and a bunch of the other shit that they've done, and I, I have a feeling it would be much harder for Captain America to be like, nope, that was worth it. But, yeah. uh, Ultimate Cap would still think it's worth it. Yeah, no, yeah, Ultimate Cap is an asshole. I enjoy... 616 and Chris Evans' Cap would have both turned, but... Yeah. It's... it's I mean, hell, Richard Thrillhouse Nixon 
caused Cap to turn. <laughs> yeah. And become nomad, so, nomad, so... <laughs> but yeah, because Ultimate Cap is the hero, he gets to win this one, even though he doesn't really win. So, Devin. Yes, Luke? Uh, where do you think we should rank this? I, I think it's closer to the top on our list of 139 stories. It's closer, yeah. Like, it's complicated, it's gritty. You said you weren't a fan of the art, if I remember correctly. I was not a super huge fan of the art. Fair enough. Um, how do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Mystery? Um, I liked this one a little bit better. Would you say it's also better than Ultimate Doom? Yes. Ooh, okay. How about Popular? The Ultimate Spider-Man one. A little less so. Alright, then our new number 16 is Ultimate Comics, Captain America, numbers 1 through 4. It's... Like I said, this is where we get a lot of the stories that people don't remember as much, and I, I think we get some interesting things. But speaking of things that probably should have been forgotten, we next have Ultimate Comics, New Ultimates, numbers 1 through 5. The uh, trade title is Thor Reborn. It's written by Jeff Loeb, Mr. Loeb, Ultimatum Loeb, himself. Loeb, 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 With art by awful, horny man Frank Chell. With colors by Jason Keith, Brad Anderson, and Matt Mila, and letters by Richard Starkings and Comicraft's Albert Tashinzi. And yeah, this is a weird one because I, we've discussed how, like, Jeff Loeb lost his son and then tried to work through it with writing Ultimatum. No. Oh, yeah, because we didn't really discuss Ultimatum. Yeah, uh, Jeff Loeb had lost his son shortly before Ultimatum. And he channeled a lot of that emotion into writing Ultimatum. And so the fact that on, like, page three of this book, Hawkeye's like, my son would have been eight today if he hadn't been killed. That's why I have to kill all these people. It's like, uh, you're not handling this well. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then Hawkeye's like, yeah, I can't do what you're doing when you get bad news, Captain, uh... Tony Stark, because you found out that you have a brain tumor from cancer. You, uh, you're just drinking. And it's like, ah, uh, Jeff, I don't think that's Hawkeye just saying something, like in the same way that Jason Aaron could write Cap Ultimate Captain America being an asshole. Mm -hmm. I think this is another, uh, another dude dealing with a lot of, uh, traumatic events by, like, torturing and killing comic characters. Yeah, this makes more sense now. Yeah, because it's like, those are not the only two things. Uh, you need to go and, like, talk about your emotions and your trauma. Anyways, uh, that's when the Defenders, who were the C-list team that Hank Pym hooked up with, briefly show up, and they now have actual powers, and they are Black Knight, Hellcat, Nighthawk, Son of Satan, and Power Man. But the rest of the Ultimates, uh, Captain America, Zarda, who's the horny Wonder Woman analog, and Valkyrie, who used to be a member of the Defenders, but now has actual powers, show up. 
and the son of Satan steals Mjolnir, and they all get out of there. And then Thor, who had died in Ultimatum, and who was in Valhalla and not Hell, because Ultimate Thor Asgard is weird as fuck, is like, hey, if you want to be free, fuck me and put a boy inside me, Thor. He said he was in Hell. No, they keep referring to it as Valhalla. Oh. You know, the place that, like, warriors are supposed to be given as a reward where they just get to fight and party and fuck as much as they want. Yeah. And no, instead it's, oh, look at this goth lady who wants a baby inside of her. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Thor's like, ah, fine. Yeah, and it's Frank Cho, so he's not tasteful about anything. Mm-mm. Nope. Yep. And so Tony goes in to check with Carol, and there's a lot of stuff because the Ultimates are supposed to be under Tony's authority, but uh, she has information that he needs, and they're fucking. Which Zarda knows Captain America doesn't believe. Zarda tries to hit on Captain America, and she turns him away. And then we also get some weird stuff with everybody's favorite forgotten ultimates black panther kazar and shanna oh i completely uh, forgot the kazar was the thing yeah and remember how black panther is mute yes that one I remember. because of reasons yeah it's fine they're going to get written out we'll never have to worry about them after this arc but yeah loki and amora the enchanter show up and release and release a bunch of asgardian monsters Captain America thinks that Valkyrie is working with the Defenders because she also got power, so she leaves. Amoro shows up and hypnotizes Zarda into wanting to be treated like a god. Hawkeye sees Carol and Tony were hooking up. Amora hypnotizes Carol into being angry at guys and also hypnotizes Valkyrie after she shows an image of Thor fucking Hela and gives her a sword for whatever reason. No, because reasons. Yeah, so the Ultimates show up into the fight in Central Park, and the ladies all turn. And uh, Hawkeye, Captain America, and Iron Man get their asses beaten. And we find out that it was actually Logie who gave Valkyrie her powers, along with the rest of the Defenders. Because it's part of his plan! But then it turns out that Carol Danvers was not actually hypnotized because she had magical contacts, and so she and the rest of the Ultimates, the ones that you don't really care about as much, are able to free Tony and those dudes. In Valhalla, Hela is already very pregnant, because, sure. Because time, time goes magically fast in Valhalla. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye, uh, and then... Valkyrie ends up getting killed by Loki, who uses a sword against her after everybody gets broken, and her death is able to release Thor because you can only have one person go in and one person go out of hell. So Thor is really pissed. He tries to kill Loki, who makes other people look like him. He's going on a rampage. There's this is the all... shit out of all the other ultimates. This is also where you find out another weird ultimate Asgard thing where Loki is actually Odin's biological son, just his mom was a frost giant, which doesn't make sense with ultimate Thor. Uh, no, not at all. 
Yeah, Jeff, what are you doing here? But yeah, that's that's a reason why he's really pissy, apparently. Jeff Loeb does a bad job of explaining why Loki is angry. I think Jeff wants to write him as, like, normal 616 Loki. Mm-hmm. And in Valhalla, Hela's like, oh, shit, Loki was playing all of us, so Valkyrie, you're going to be an actual Valkyrie now. And Loki's like, hey, Thor just got screwed over for, like, thousands of years. He is no longer a god of peace. You have to kill him. So Tony goes and gets his Hulkbuster suit while the others try and stop him. And Thor just rips up his suit and Tony's like, hey, you remember how you told me not to do war crimes and be evil and you were the conscience? Now I, a person with brain cancer, am telling you that you need to not do evil things. And he's like, oh, I guess. And then Loki's like, hey, while you're having this big emotional moment, I'm going to kill you with Mjolnir until he gets murdered by Valkyrie. And she's like, hey, I'm never going to see you again. But, uh, yeah, you gotta love humanity again, because I was human once. And it somehow works. Apparently it's not good. The Hulkbuster suit looked cool. Yeah, the Hulkbuster suit is sort of just, like, a shed. It looks like that one Pokemon. Registeel? Yeah. Fair enough, it's a red Registeel. With, like, one of those, uh, like, metal garage doors where it's just a bunch of small bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get the resolution where Kazar, Shauna, and Black Panther head off to Hollywood for whatever reason to go and make a movie. Uh, Zarda returns to her home dimension because she never really got to do much. Uh, Thor is like, hey, Captain America, your shield got broken. So here's a new one that dwarves made, and Loki is like, hey, you're Thor's nephew. You're also in Valhalla with me. Uh, I'm going to train you. And then Iron Man and Hawkeye decide that they want to be assholes, and so they go and attack the Defenders with Cap and Thor. Hell yeah. It's not good. Let's kick them while they're down. At least it is short. But, hot take. That's just Thub's story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Christ! Because like I didn't find myself at least bored, or it was not painful to go through. No, not in the way that like a lot of his other stuff has been. It's just not good, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. No, the action was fun. The plot was meh. Okay. Um. How do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Fantastic Four Tomb of Namor? Namor's better. Uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four Salem 7? Uh, I would say this was better. Uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four Requiem, or Ultimatum Fantastic Four Requiem number one. Uh, this was better. Uh, Think Tank. Uh, this was worse. Alright, so our new number 106 is Ultimate Comics New Ultimates numbers 1 through 5, Thor Reborn. That that seems like a reasonable place. And then the mm-hmm. last is Ultimate Comics Thor numbers 1 through 4, written by Johnny Hicks, with pencils by Carlos Pacheco, inks by Dexter Vines, with assists by Jeff Hewitt and Jason Paz, 
Colors by Edgar Delgado, Jay Abertov, and Jorge Gonzalez. On the last issue, because it's a Hickman series, and then letters by VCs, Clayton Cowles. And, uh, you know it's a Jonathan Hickman comic because the first page is just some text design. Hell yeah. And we're basically given three time phases. And it's a weird place for this to go. Because we basically have eons ago when Thor, Loki, and Balder, when Thor, Loki, and Balder were buddies who fought uh, Frost Giants as the Warriors 3. And Thor's like, hey, Loki, we're buddies. We're always going to have each other's back. And Loki's like, ha, 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 no. And Odin ends up making Mjolnir. And once the war with the Frost Giants is over, there's this big tournament between all the Asgardian warriors, including Volstagg, Fandral, and Hogan, where the winner is going to get to marry Carnilla. And Loki immediately turns on Thor because he's like, hey, now that we're not fighting the same enemy... I'm I'm just going to see what I want to do, feel some things out. And Thor defeats Loki, but then Balder wins in the competition. And Thor's like, hey, I'm not the best guy. I don't get why I'm winning Mjolnir. And Odin's like, hey, Mjolnir is part of Asgard, just like the runestones. And we need those pieces out there in case anything happens, because you're kind of the heart of the operation. And Loki's mom, who does not look like a frost giant at all here, nope. is like, hey, Loki, you know it'd be great? Get those Norn stones and cause some fucking chaos. And yes, Loki, mommy. And Loki gets caught stealing them by Boulder, who is the Eye of Odin, who can see the future. And he's like, yeah, Loki, this is going to cause Asgard to be in ruin. Your mom's going to get killed and you're going to be lost. And Loki's like, eh, what you going to do? Yolo swag. Yep. And so in 1939, Baron Zemo shows up and is like, hey, look at these runestones I have. Himmler, the actual Nazi. Mm-hmm. And he's able to get a bunch of soldiers because he has magical runestones. So Zemo and his assistant Helmut are able to use the runestones to open a portal to Jotunheim where they can get a bunch of Frost Giants outfitted to team up with the Nazis, and Zemo's like, hey, Mammoth, Lord of the Frost Giants, dig these runestones. Also, and... dig these new threads. Mm-hmm. And so they go off to Asgard, kill Heimdall, everybody drinks Heimdall's blood, and it turns out that, oh, Zemo is actually Loki, and they break the walls of Asgard. Loki ends up shooting Thor, keeping him from protecting odin odin traps loki in the room with no doors before he gets killed by an ice wolf yggdrasil the world tree catches on fire and odin's like hey thor we're all going to live on in you because you're the heart of asgard and then thor's like all right well i guess i gotta do this and he releases the thunder mjolnir which presumably destroys the rest of asgard and all the nazis yes and so then we cut to a few months before the Ultimates were formed when everybody thought that Thor was just an insane guy because the weird retcon stuff with uh, Loki changing reality. Yeah. So this is when James Braddock is still trying to figure out what's wrong with Thor along with the son Brian. They bring in Dr. Donald Blake, who's a linguist, 
And Thor at the time is trying to work on an Eda, which is basically the history, and Donald Blake is able to understand what Thor is writing. And Blake is like, hey, what if Thor isn't crazy? Let's give him an MRI scan. And it turns out that he's not using the parts of the brains for imagination. He's using the parts of the brain for memory, which means that potentially everything happened. And they're sort of like, all right, well, he doesn't really have powers, but we put so much money into him that we might as well make him into Thor. And so Braddock is like, you know, Thor, nothing is really permanent, is it? And Thor is like, ideals last, and I want to protect people. And so Dr. Blake is like, cool. Well, Thor, do you recognize who I am? And it turns out that Dr. Blake is actually Balder, who has been reborn. Which is a genuinely neat moment. Yes, I thought that was a good twist. And Thor writing out the Eda has sort of helped to bring them back because Thor is remembering his own history more. And he remembers what Odin wanted him to do, which is to mold Midgard into a better world. And Balder is going to lead it using the Eye of Odin, and Thor is the heart of Asgard. So they head to the lab and it's like, hey, here's this armor we've made you, but we can't figure out what to do with this uh, ion, whatchamacallit thing. And Thor's like, oh, yeah, well, it's destiny. Uh, you should put that thing into a hammer. And so eight months later, Fury is trying to recruit him as he's pushing to make the Ultimates more of a thing. Helmet wakes up and frees Loki from the room with no doors using the runestones. He kills Helmut and... Thor and Boulder find out about this, but then the Hulk is going on a rampage and Boulder's like, hey, Thor, get in there. And I told everything in chronological order, but it's all a lot more chopped up. Yes. Partially because I was trying to figure out what was supposed to be going on. Like, it's a well-written comic, but it's also a bit dense and a bit confusing. Because that's interesting that he killed, that you said he killed Baldur in the old times. I thought he killed him during World War Two. No, because he had to steal the runestones. That way he could get the Nazis too. That makes that makes sense now that you're saying that. Yeah, like, it's complicated, and I remember loving this when I initially read it, because that was back when I was reading all the Ultimates stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I read this around the same time that I read Ultimates too, and it's like, oh, this is how this works. Yeah, no. This, I mean, this one was really good. Yeah. It, like... I think the main things that it's setting up here, though, are, like, the runestones and what happened to the other Asgardians. Yeah. Which is, they started to be reborn. Loki did some fucking around, but we might see more of them now. And I thought this... Unlike Jeff Lubb trying to, like, retcon everything with how Thor and such works, I thought Hickman actually did a good job expanding on how Thor works. Yeah. I think he also understands Thor as more of a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, let us rank this third story. How do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Comics, Captain America? I like this one more. Mm-hmm. What uh, about you? you? I do, too. How do you feel about it compared to the Ultimates 2, Gods and Monsters? I like it more than two. Same. Um. See, I wasn't sure how you were going to feel because you were saying that we might be split on the best book. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think 
Um, and I, I was in Team Thor, so I wasn't sure. Oh, no, I, I, I assume was that on... meant you were on Team Cap. Oh, no, I was on Team Thor, but I wasn't sure if you would be on Team Cap instead. No. Okay, how I'm about... rarely ever on Captain America's side. Uh, how about Ultimate uh, Spider-Man Ultimatum? I still like this one more. Okay. Uh, I don't think I can put it above Ultimate Spider-Man Devil Trouble. That's fair. But, I mean, uh, for his first appearance on the list, number 11 is pretty good for Johnny Hicks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really... I remember liking his uh, Ultimates run. Oh, yeah, like when he What I read to, of it. When he starts to get into it, it's like, yeah, this is why you got to be trusted with things, and Jeff Loeb did not get to be trusted with things anymore. And that's when he got put as... Head of TV. Oh, Jeff. And he's not even that anymore, because then Papa Kevin came down and smote him. Thank you, Papa Kev. Yep. <laughs> so, Devin, do you know what we are covering next time in two weeks on Ultiversal Q? God, I know we are covering the penultimate Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Next time on episode 41, we've got Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate Avengers 3. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, we are getting close to the next shift in uh, continuity, which is going to be the death of Ultimate Spider-Man, which is going to, uh, yeah, take us all the way through August. Yay. And then uh, for those who listen to the Patreon feed or to the Luke Care Podcast Project, which is where we've been posting the Nicolas Cage podcast, it goes up first on the Patreon. And then whenever I remember to put it up on the Luke Care Podcast Project, uh, we're going to be doing something special for whatever the next episode is because I've got vacation coming up with Addy and, you know, I don't know if we'll be able to get everyone together to do a movie so look forward to something different yeah yeah all right well devin before we go anything else you want to talk about uh, i don't think so you see what? uh palm springs no do you? yeah how is it uh, Abby and I really enjoyed it. Nice. I finished The Last of Us Part 2. It was very disappointing. Why is that? Well, that's, this will be going into a lot of spoilers, but you play half of the game as the villain to try to, like, make you empathize with her. I did not think she was super well written. I did not empathize with her. And you also start playing with her right as you get to what is more or less the climax of the game as you're playing with Ellie. Mm -hmm. So like everything's going really good. I'm getting real hyped. And then you basically are forced to start over at square one. So like all momentum is just killed. And they were trying to make you hate Ellie, which I still never did for the game either. 
And then the game was also just way too long. Fair enough. I have legitimate grievances, unlike the other people online. Sir. Oh, did you watch My Spy? That was good. <laughs> nope. I continue to watch One Piece. I downloaded the Funimation app and bought a subscription so I could just keep watching it. And now I'm at a point where it's like, oh, they got too close to the manga as it was running. And so there's only like 14 minutes or so of new material in every episode. So like the first three to five minutes are recap. And then, like, the two-minute intro song, and then the, like, minute-and-a-half outro song, and the, uh, like, previews of the next episode. It's fucking wild, dude. Nice. But if people online are looking for a good time, my spy. Dave Batista continues in the long line of action stars who have a film where they team up with a small child. Cool. I haven't watched it yet, but the dude who made a regular show's new show is out on the HBO Max. Nice. Uh, Abby and I have been watching a lot of Summer Camp Island, which I think is the exact opposite of regular show. Nice. I don't know that one. Uh, it's about a magical summer camp run by witches and two friends who go and... It's sort of got the adventure time. Oh, yeah, we're going to make a kid show, but we'll also talk about how shitty people can be. Oh, sure. But a lot less of the ep a lot fewer of the episodes are just that sort of we're doing a weird thing for weirdness sake. That's fair. Uh and it's by a person who'd worked on Adventure Time, so... Yeah, I'm also looking at the animation. It also very much feels like the animation of Adventure Time. Richard Kind is in it. Nice. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves Richard Kind. Yeah. And also Bernie Mac. Or... Wait. Nope, nope, not Bernie Mac. Shit, not Bernie Mac. I was going to say, I mean, everyone does love Bernie Mac, but Bernie Mac's been dead for ten years. <laughs> oh, If no. not longer. They brought him back. Uh, no, uh, not Bernie Mac. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Oh, sure. Does yeah. he go by Cedric the Entertainer? I don't remember how he was credited, but he voices the moon! Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also got just, like, a bunch of other comedians in it. Nice. Yeah, because I saw Cedric the Entertainer in a movie called uh, First Reformed, which is a super serious movie. Oh, yeah. And he is not credited as Cedric the Entertainer in that film. Entertaining Seds. Yeah. He just goes by whatever his real name is. Cedric Antonio Kyles? Then, Yes. Fair enough. Cedric Kyles is what he is credited as there, and yep. Yeah, uh, it's a nice cool-down show after a long day of this hellscape that we live in. Yeah. I've also been playing Ape Escape 2. Damn. 
it, things that they named the apes that I would never have understood as a child. Like what? Well, you have like some of the different, uh, like the machine gun monkeys that you have to try to capture. Mm -hmm. Well, one of them is named Vincent, like Vincent Vega. One of them is named Jackson for Samuel Jackson. Mm -hmm. One of them is named Simeon Seagal. I do enjoy that one. <laughs> Uh, then one of them is just straight up named Uzi. <laughs> it's like, wow, after I never would. After famous comics, Roger David Uzi Mary. Yeah, probably. Oh, and then there's the Kung Fu level where everyone was named after a different uh, martial arts uh, actor. Well, even just one of the levels was completely just based off of Enter the Dragon. It's just like, yeah. I didn't play that game as a kid, but it was like seven-year-old me would never have understood what this was about. Cool. Well, uh, I believe that kind of wraps up everything for us. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with the next Ultiversal Q. We'll be back next week with something special on the Patreon feed that you can listen to for free. Or you can wait until it goes out onto the uh, Luke Care Podcast Project feed. Uh, if you've been enjoying the show recently, and if you're listening to the show currently, let us know. You know, just send a tweet and let us know, because I don't know how many people do. Everyone listens to us, Luke. They just don't tell us. Oh, fair. It, they listen in ways where it just doesn't show up. On the um, on the one view one person pirates it, even though it's free, just to mess with us. Fair enough. Yeah, you heard it here, folks. Fair enough. All right, well, uh, yep, we'll be back and going to go and do some what? other things today. There's a fishing contest in Animal Crossing. Team nice. Rocket is out on the prowl. Have I you found Jesse and James yet? No, I haven't played for a little while. Oh, it's Team Rocket event. Jesse and James can show up in their balloon and you get to beat both of them. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right, well... And Luke, so where can people you. find you? Oh, oh, yeah, I didn't even ask where people can find you. Uh, you know, people can find me on Twitter at, at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. Devin, where can people find you? You can find me online at Fred Ofed. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. -T. You can find our podcast on things such as Stitcher, Patreon, Spotify, probably. Yeah, no worries. iTunes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's that's it for now. Let's go and do other stuff. Peace. Yeah, peace.